Hi there. Welcome to From Skirts to Scrubs. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Alicia. And we are two medical students trying to figure out our place in medicine by looking to the past and to current events to try and understand the impact they have on us as women in medicine and as women in general. Yes, we are. And today on episode 27, we are talking about piercings. Piercings as an art form, piercings as a concept, piercing as expression, just all the things piercings. Okay, cool. So technically the definition of a piercing is, quote, the insertion of an ornament into a perforation made in the tissue for decorative, cultural, spiritual, or other reasons. So Shar, what do you think or know about piercings, their history, just like any general thoughts you have to start? And I know that piercings aren't very agreed upon, like in a politically correct sense and in a professional sense. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I know for us at school, like it's professional to have one nose piercing, but not two nose piercings. Which is like oh, interesting. The most That's ridiculous so thing. Two piercings like next to each other. Like, like if you had two nose rings, who knows? Literally, who knows? That's Just like random things like that. That like there's not quite an agreement in society about like the acceptability of piercings and which piercings are acceptable. Um, mm, that's kind of all. I okay. Know. That's all I got for you. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I also didn't know that much. I think I came into this assuming that I was going to learn a lot about like different cultural piercings and tribal piercings and things like that. And I did. So I'm excited to share that with you because it's been pretty interesting. Piercings have a long history. Like, yeah. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Alrighty. So like I said before, piercings have been around for a freaking long time, like centuries, particularly earlobe and lower lip piercings, because many tribes around the world assign traditional significance to body modifications like tattoos and piercings and things like that. Right. The oldest mummified body found with piercings was found frozen in an Austrian glacier, and it was about 5,300 years old. Oh, my God. And and he had a name. His name was Otzi, the Iceman. That's cute. Isn't that tender? I know. Otzi. <laughs> I feel like that I would make like a, a pet that. Yeah, yeah. I know. Otzi, come here, boy. Come here. <laughs> but piercings overall had different meanings in ancient times, signifying things like prostitution in that Mm. the woman with a piercing was a prostitute the wealth of the husband so like if you were wearing gold earrings you were (laughs) balling but if you were wearing silver earrings then not so much and Mm. it was just like oh it signified how wealthy your husband was and also they were a means of like protection against things like demons entering your brain and Ooh. things like that, like spiritual protection. Yeah. Amulet type things. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Okay. So I thought this would be fun. Shar, you get to pick the ancient civilization and then I'll tell you what piercings looked like back then. Okay. Can, do we start with what we always start with? <laughs> well, it's no, it's whatever you want. Okay. Now I'm not going to start where we always start with. Okay. <laughs> well, you can. <laughs> nope. I'm doing something different. Ancient China. In ancient China, specifically in the Han Dynasty, which was around 420 to 581 AD, they would wear different specific like earrings. That was the piercing that was most common at the time. (laughs) And they were called Erdangs, E-R-D-A-N-G-S. Um, And they were made out of different materials. So they were made out of glass or different precious gems and things like that. But actually, there's really not that much other than ear piercings in China that I am able to find. And that's kind of a common theme. But other other different civilizations have different piercings that were pretty salient to them, which is pretty cool. Do you have another one that you want to pick? India. Okay. So in ancient India, 
there was actually like a specific piercing that was pretty notable. Can you like guess which one it was? Like where on the body? Is it nose piercing? Yeah, they apparently had a very long history in the Vedas, which are the sacred Indian texts that we discussed in our episodes on Ayurvedic medicine. Oh, nice. Yeah, and in the Vedas, there are references to the goddess Lakshmi who had nose piercings. And Lakshmi is like one of the many Indian goddesses. She's like the goddess of wealth, fortune, power, beauty, and prosperity. But yeah, so she had nose piercings and apparently piercing of the left nostril in India was said to help with menstrual pain in women because of the Ayurvedic association between nostrils and female reproductive organs. It's very specific, very specific association. Indians aren't the only people to pierce their noses. Nose piercing was practiced by many different cultures, including Bedouin tribes of the Middle East, the Berber and Beja, Beja people of Africa, and Australian Aborigines. So would they also have nostrils connected to female organs or? No, no. That is just an Indian thing, I guess. Uh, What else? What else? Okay, let's go back to um, Egypt. (laughs) In ancient Egypt, these are among the oldest bodies to have been found with stretched earlobes. So that's something. And apparently other body piercings, particularly belly button piercings, were a sign of royal status in ancient Egypt. And so only the pharaoh, literally only this pharaoh, could have his belly button pierced. And if anyone else was found to have a pierced belly button, they would be executed. What? Wow. Straight to execution. (laughs) It's a very sacred piercing. I know. I know. But that was like a big thing in ancient Egypt. I also have something on ancient Mesopotamia, but it's really small, but it's just, there's evidence that both men and women wore earrings, um, but they were like, usually the earrings for women were a lot larger and made of materials like gold or lapis lazuli or things like that, like precious gems. Okay. Yeah. But there's not that much on ancient Mesopotamia. I was like, okay. Okay. Do we have more places? I do have more places like Greece. So the only thing I could find about ancient Greeks and earrings or piercings was that they would wear paste pendant earrings shaped like sacred birds or demigods. So like little Percy Jackson's just like hanging from their ears. They got like Hercules. Maybe Hercules. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, So yeah, that was it for Greece. Nothing super special. Okay, well, we're over there. Let's just finish up with Rome. Yeah. So ancient Romans wore subtle studs in their ears and also had their nipples pierced as a sign of strength and virility. Classic. Classic strength and virility. I know, I know. Um, It was actually also a badge of honor that like the nipple piercings were a badge of honor that demonstrated dedication to the Roman Empire. Even Julius Caesar pierced his nipples to show his strength and to signify his unity with his men. I was going to ask, so is this men and women, the nipple piercing? So this was mostly men. Okay. This was actually mostly men, I believe. Kind of like gets into a little more, not the nipple piercing, but we're but kind of going off of that. Some of them even had their penises pierced. Oh, <gasps> No, I know you're lying. No, I'm I'm not lying. Can you guess why they they would do this? I don't know, because they like pain. No, it's actually to control their sexuality. What? But you may be. Yeah. So you may be asking yourself, why would an ancient Roman living in that time where virility was literally everything to a man? Why would they want to control their sexuality? And it's because penile piercings weren't done to the like wealthy, important Romans, but to enslaved people so that they couldn't procreate. Oh, that's so I know, awful. that's sad. But also they would do this um, because they thought controlling sexuality through penile piercings 
would decrease testosterone level levels. And so they would do it to athletes to like keep them from using up their testosterone. What? Yeah, it doesn't ma- it doesn't really check out. It, it doesn't really check out. They were out. piercing and the wrong part of the external genitalia there. I I know. <laughs> they had some ideas. It didn't really work. They would also do it to singers to keep their voices high pitched. What? I know. Imagine like you roll up to an ancient Roman concert and this man is singing and he just sounds like a prepubescent boy. Oh my God. And you paid money for that. Yeah, but I'm intrigued by this testosterone thing because I was like, I don't really see how that adds up. But I think the idea was that they would pierce their penises, like pierce the foreskin together or something to keep them from like ejaculating. And by stopping that, they would like Ew. cause puberty. I don't know. It's very confusing. Oh, God, this is so painful. Yeah, that's not good. I'm sorry, everyone. Those poor Didn't, men. That just was dark. I know. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel bad. Yeah, so that's ancient Rome. <laughs> really good. Um, and then I also have some information about ancient Mesoamerica. So think like Ooh. Mexico, Central America. Yeah. So these civilizations actually had a lot of rules about who could and who could not get piercings. The Olmec, who are a tribe who resided in Mexico, would give men giant plugs in their cheeks which were meant to be expanded gradually as they got older oh my god yeah Yeah. I don't know what that exactly looks like and I think it's they only have like art to depict it they have no like bodies right so it's like kind of difficult to picture but that's what they did apparently And then the Aztecs, for the Aztecs, piercings in men indicated a hierarchy because where the piercing was located on the body and what material it was made out of showed where you stood in the world. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if you were a king or of high nobility, you were allowed to have your lip, ear, and nose pierced, and the rings were made of gold and precious stones. Whereas other men of lesser status, like still important men, but not nobility. So think like men who had super big military successes and stuff who were like major warriors. generals. Yeah, generals and stuff. They could also have piercings, but they were made of material like bone. Oh, okay. And yeah. And then for each prisoner of war that that man captured or any big battle that they won, that man's lip ring would be enlarged in size. So it was like the bigger the ring, the more, I know, the like more successful you were as a general or a warrior or whatever it is. I wonder how big they got. But the Aztecs and Mayans would also pierce their tongues as a common ritual of blood sacrifice, which is like big ouch. Oh, like the the bleeding would be the blood sacrifice? Yes, like they're because your blood your tongue is so like highly vascularized that they would like poke their tongues to bleed because it was such a good huh. But it would heal really quickly too. I guess that's better than like human sacrifice. So <laughs> yeah, but they did that too. I know. But yeah. apparently some priests and shamans in these cultures would pierce their own tongues to create an altered state of consciousness. And that would apparently allow them to be closer to the gods to communicate, which is. Yeah. I feel like you usually hear that by like taking some type of like herbal thing, like that actually has some type of like hallucinogenic in it. People find out many centuries later, but this, this, this different. (laughs) This is, yeah, I know. They're like, how do we induce uh, hallucinations? Hypoxia. Yeah. That's the We're just going to bleed until we faint. Yeah. Oh, God. But yeah. And then I also just wanted to talk about some tribal African piercings that are mm-hmm. unique and really important to mention um, since so many tribes in Africa have traditions of piercings on different body parts. And this isn't like ancient Africa. This is like now. Okay. But uh, the Mercy tribe of Ethiopia has women putting in, they put in like lip piercings, typically starting from six months before marriage. Okay. So that by the time the woman is ready to be married, her lip will be really stretched out 
And the idea is that the larger the ring is, the more cattle her husband has to pay her family as dowry, which is really ideal. Wow. So super stretchy lip equal you are worth many cows. But yeah, so that was kind of just an overview of all these different cultures and how they used piercings. But I wanted to keep moving forward through history because that wasn't really in any chronological order. It was just, Mm -hmm. you know, some different baselines. But kind of moving from here, as a result of generally, like in a particularly Western European kind of British society, if we're thinking about that area, which I wish I wasn't, but like that is where most of the history is, Mm -hmm. or at least what's been chronicled. Um, If we're thinking about that area of the world, some only some people in those societies were getting piercings. And so over time, think like medieval times, Mm -hmm. piercings actually became an anti-Christian threat because it was seen as pagan and subversive. Okay. And having piercings went against the idea that, quote, the body is made in God's image and is perfect and shouldn't be altered. I've definitely heard this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds like deja vu. Mm-hmm. Um, this was particularly a belief in a lot of Protestant countries. Um, so like in the United Kingdom and stuff, where there was a major distrust of overly flamboyant things, which they kind of associated with the Catholic Church and Rome and that kind of stuff. Because, And I totally understand that. There's like a lot of grandiosity um, in the Catholic Church. And it's like a lot of opulence. And that was in this time, like very frowned upon in Protestant countries, which makes sense because they're Protestant. So anyway, the only people that had earrings at this time were prostitutes and sailors for some reason. And pirates? Pirates! (laughs) Yeah, apparently sailors from like medieval times and forward would have at least one ear pierced and no one really knows why. But one theory... Secret code. I know. Well, one theory, which literally makes no sense, but it is a theory, is that having at least one piercing would improve your eyesight at sea. Oh. (laughs) Not sure how that works, but okay. No, not at all. Not at all. I wish I had more on that for you, but I have nothing. Oh my God. Um, Another theory is that if a sailor drowned at sea, their funeral could be paid for with his earrings. Oh, that would make sense. You got a lot of earrings. Yeah. Well, okay. It kind of makes sense, but it doesn't make sense in oh, that he if would you drown. drown at sea, yeah, like oh, where's wait. his body? Yeah. <laughs> wait a second. But <laughs> you can't get the earrings then. How do you gotta know? Yeah, I know? They're like, I'm pretty sure that Tim had four earrings. <laughs> but I think it's that like if the body washes up on shore or something. Yeah. Yeah. And they still have the earrings. But then it's like, what if Tim's ear got bitten off by a shark? Like I don't know, but then we're getting into the what ifs. It's just all confusing. But one earring, at least for these sailor men, they loved it. Okay, good to know. Yeah, I know. The 1600s were a great time to be a dude interested in jewelry because it was apparently expected and fashionable for young European noblemen to show off themselves on the marriage market. By wearing fancy earrings with diamonds and dangly gems. Oh. I know. Imagine deciding to marry, deciding between men you were interested in marrying based on the size of the diamond in their like dangly flowy earring. Wow. But even dudes like Shakespeare had earrings at the time. Like they were a big deal. Oh. Always earrings. None of the other piercings. No, none of the other piercings. Well, so actually at that time, but so other piercings, nipple piercings among women. I know, back to the nipples. (laughs) Nipple piercings among women were said to maybe have become more popular in the 17th and 18th centuries because in the dresses they were wearing at the time, they were so low cut 
that their boobs would sometimes just like be exposed. And so to zhuzh them up a little <gasps> bit, they would wear like diamond studs and like nipple caps. And I guess that worked. Wait, they put those things to keep the boobs in the dress or so that they would look nice if they popped out? They would look nice <laughs> if they popped out. What? <laughs> I feel like that's the wrong solution. This is like a major Bridgerton vibes. Like I know, I know, like quite uh, literally. I, I, yeah, I hear you. And apparently, the nipple rings were also very stimulating. Oh, so like I know, so like high class women would want to get. They used to call them bosom rings. Because the idea was that like they would move around, like if they were to move around, it would be like a really nice feeling. Oh, apparently. Um, but between the 1500s and 1800s, hairstyles and women started to like the more popular hairstyles started to expose ears because like their hair would be like up more, mm-hmm. and so that also led way to earrings becoming more popular. But what's funny is that there's this huge lapse in time where we go from like the 1800s to like the 1920s. And like in between that time, I have no idea what happened with piercings. They kind of just like fell off the map. Like no one was really getting them anymore. Um, Women stopped wearing them. Like there's no talk of like men. And actually like in the 20s and things, women would wear like big dangly earrings, but they were just clip-ons. Oh, weird. Yeah. Totally away from piercing. Yeah. Or at least like what I could find, which maybe that's, maybe I'm missing something, but like that was what I read was that like there was this huge lapse of time where people weren't really wearing earrings or any kind of piercings. I wonder why. What's happening at that time? Yeah. Lots of things. I also don't know. Lots of things, I suppose. But after like so that was like the 20s and then after world war ii which is like the 40s piercings um again became popular particularly among gay men and in the 80s and early 90s the new york times reports that right ear piercings were meant to be a way for gay men to like signal their sexuality to other gay men yeah i've heard this i don't know like how true it is or if it's still true now like I don't know I don't claim to like know everything about this but that's just what has been reported and so it was this way to like signal to people but even ear piercings weren't super popular among women until the 1960s so in the 60s and 70s piercings began to expand in popularity and like why do you think that is Shar? what do you think is like going on in the 60s and 70s that people are like yeah I want to like it's like that disco time, people being extra. <laughs> <laughs> disco time. Disco time equals piercings. No, oh it's more of the like rebellious movements, oh, like okay. civil disobedience, yeah. like punk movement was a big thing. Rebelliousness was a big part of the cultural movements of that time. Um, and so this was the time where people would. This is like the time where people would wear safety pins instead of earrings. Mm. You know, that energy. Yeah. That vibe. So it was actually a gay man named Jim Ward, who is dubbed the grandfather of the modern piercing movement, who owned the country's first piercing shop in Santa Monica, California, called the Gauntlet. And it was run in its early days by members of the of BDSM communities because piercings were super tied to subcultures at that time. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. This is like random. Do you know anyone who's ever pierced their own ears? Well, yeah, my sister tried once and then they got stuck halfway through and I had to continue the piercing once. Oh, no. (laughs) There was a lot of screaming. (laughs) That sounds so painful. Where was the piercing? Like her earlobe? I think so. Yeah, I think she was trying to do a second piercing or something. Um, Yeah, I remember. I just, I've never, I don't know anyone who's like pierced their own I don't think I know anyone who's like pierced their own ears like because I wanted to. But I remember in the seventh grade, one of my friends, this was like the peak of me understanding what peer pressure was. (laughs) It was like this girl that I knew kind of we were friends like she like wanted to be in with the cool kids or like this one group of people. And so she I remember like was like, oh, 
so-and-so is going to pierce my ear after school today behind the building. And I was like, what the <laughs> heck? This is so sus. Like, yeah, are you sus. really going to let this happen right now? Like, you don't, he doesn't even know how to pierce an ear. You're going to let this boy <laughs> pierce your ear right now? Oh, I was God. really stressed about it. Behind the building, too. Yeah, and I was like, what are your parents going to say? And she was like, I'm just going to let them close up. And I was like, why are you even doing it then? <laughs> Why are you letting someone stab your ear? Don't let them do it, kids. Don't let them touch your ears. But anyway, so the 90s roll around and belly button piercings take off because famous celebrities like Naomi Campbell and Britney Spears get belly button piercings. And also girls are just like showing off their midriffs more and their stomachs and Mm -hmm. stuff. And so- you could actually see belly button rings. Low rise was obviously a thing. Thank God that's not in anymore. Oh, that was not the way. God, no. <laughs> yeah. Not the way. That was not the way. But one piercing that has an interesting history is actually pierced septums and just like nose rings in general, which mm-hmm. I kind of talked about, but um, they existed in ancient Africa, like I mentioned before. And then also Mesoamerican civilizations, like we said, and they came to India in the 1500s even though like there is evidence that they existed before they like also re-emerged in the 1500s I think I don't know there's conflicting stories yeah but over time they were actually used by the British as a way to tag people of different castes um as we know like the caste system in India that exists with this like hierarchy um or did more so in the past but so for example higher castes and like classes of people were specifically lighter skinned indians Mm -hmm. um based off of like what the british kind of said was like lighter skinned indians were like of higher caste and they would look down on people with piercings because it started to be associated with indians that had darker skin so it was not only this like classist approach but like a racist like colorist approach um as well so i didn't know this at all and i think it's really interesting how much colonialism like played into the ways that piercings were understood nose piercings were understood in this like in indian culture yeah and what's also funny though what's funny though is (laughs) in my opinion is how nose rings spread to America because apparently it was like in the 60s when the Beatles and just generally this like hippie counterculture kind of emerged. Mm -hmm. All these people visited Indian ashrams and then they would come home and they'd have their noses pierced. And so that's how nose piercings came to America. Oh man. (laughs) But I actually have a question. So what do you think are the most common, say, like, top five piercings besides ears in, like, say, women versus men, if we're thinking in a binary here? Um, in women, I would say nose, belly button, oh, nipple, other parts of your ear, your eyebrow. Yeah. Those are lower yeah. down, I feel like. And then for men, I would say nose eyebrow other parts of your ear it's not your earlobe yeah that's all I can think of so you're like kind of close you were like close for women because you said nose first and then belly button but actually belly button is first oh yeah so it's like belt the order goes belly button nose cartilage Right, Which I found surprising because I feel like I know a lot of people with cartilage piercings but um but yeah belly button nose cartilage and then tongue. Oh, and then tongue. tongue. And then nipple. And then eyebrow, lip, and genital in that <gasps> order. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then in men, actually, the top one is nipple. <laughs> really? Yes. I've never yes. ever guessed that. I know. I was also shocked. Um, so it's nipple, eyebrow, cartilage, tongue, nose, lip, and genital <laughs> in that order. I know. Who was getting their genitals pierced? Are you okay? <laughs> and then I have like three little random things. 
that I just thought were fun, but I found this like page of like frequently asked questions regarding piercings. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I've also wondered about like these random things like, will nipple piercings affect my ability to breastfeed? I've also mm-hmm. wondered this, not yeah. that I have a nipple piercing, but I just am like, oh, does it? Yeah. Apparently no, um, because the concern is that like the piercing is going to clamp down the milk duct in the yeah. nipple and like block milk from coming out. But since there's so that in reality, there's actually so many little ducts mm-hmm. that go into the nipple that it's pretty unlikely that you're going to like close all of them. Okay. Um, so you can still breastfeed. That is a myth debunked. Um, generally like are infections common? Yes, they can be common. Um, to, of the things that can cause infections are like either what you're using to make the piercing is not sterile or the piercing isn't taken care of after mm-hmm. you get it. And so you can get an infection. I've actually seen, I was um, working with my doctoring faculty, who's an ear, nose and throat doctor. Mm-hmm. And we saw a patient once who had um, a piercing and she got like the inner part of her ear mm-hmm. pierced like the part that's like right next to the hole and it got infected. And this felt so bad because she came in because like the back had like gotten stuck in it. And so we had to like cut it out and it was this whole thing and it was like super painful and I just felt bad for her. So yeah, infections are real. They happen like super often. And um, some of the infections that are particularly worrisome are like hepatitis B and C Mm -hmm. because- and HIV because they are spread by blood and unclean needles. But actually there's never been a case of reported HIV like thought transmitted through piercings. Right. But Hep B and C are definitely like a thing. So oh, wow. yeah. but most other infections can be treated with general antibiotics. So they're not as big of a deal. But yeah, they're pretty common. And something that I didn't realize, I guess, but it makes sense is that some states don't have any legislation regarding piercings and like places that are and are not allowed to do piercings on you. And there's absolutely no federal legislation on it. So that basically means that anyone can open a piercing parlor. Yeah. And it's kind of on the customer to make sure that the place is like good and sterile and things like that. So there's like a lack of oversight there, which I didn't realize, but it kind of reminds me of how the supplements that we eat and the beauty products that we use have no oversight either so why would you get a piercing you should go to like a tattoo parlor it usually has like a designated piercer but I guess you'd have to look in to see like how clean they are too yeah like you kind of have to go based off of reviews and stuff which is crazy yeah yeah like one of my friends has a lot of piercings and once I went with her to get like a new piercing switch to something else so she literally like went to the parlor to get the piercing changed because it was like a safer option to do and it was like a very like clean sterile like very quick mm. procedure basically yeah honestly that's how I imagine like good places do it because you can eat like so much bacteria lives on your skin and on other people's skin mm-hmm. and on metal and stuff and if you don't clean anything like you're for sure gonna get an infection shoving the bacteria into your body but yeah I just think like just so interesting, like the different locations that you can get a piercing and the motivation behind getting piercings. And I think like there's a lot of things, particularly the gender aspect that I obviously want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's best lent to the discussion if you want to kind of move into that with me. Yeah, let's do do it. any burning thoughts that you have um I mean my biggest surprise was how like male focused piercings are I just don't know that many men who have piercings like I know I know men with piercings but not that many so like when I think Mm -hmm. of piercings it's like very female focused um so that was surprising I guess just to hear that like a lot of history or a lot of recorded history has to do with like male piercings and then within that history like many surprising things very shook by the roman piercings and like 
yeah. controlling sexuality, <laughs> especially because Rome, out of the places I've learned about, which, but Rome is like very fluid in their sexuality. It was a culture who like really focused on sexuality a lot. So like to do piercings to control other people's sexuality just like was shocking. I thought extra interesting from that culture's perspective. Also the tongue piercing for sacrifice. I'm, I still can't believe that like qualified. I think it was the Aztecs. And I feel like one of the things you learn from a young age about Aztecs is that they did human sacrifice. I don't know why. I know that is very salient. So I'm just, I, I guess I want to know like why tongue piercings um, and why that qualifies. Yeah. So a lot of surprises, I think. I know. I agree. I think I also noticed. So the big thing that I noticed was like specifically in a lot of Eurocentric civilizations, they focused on piercings in men. Mm-hmm. Whereas like what I noticed about like maybe more Eastern civilizations, like in India and like China, it was women who were adorned with piercings and like earrings and things like that. So that was definitely something that I noticed. And I think generally too, something I was thinking about is cultures that are fetishized a lot, Mm -hmm. typically had a popularization of women's piercings. So I'm thinking of specifically like India and the nose piercings Mm -hmm. and how those kind of became like popularized and almost like fetishized as this like cool thing to do. Like you go to India, you get a nose piercing, you come back, you're like really Zen and whatever. You're like very spiritual now. And that wasn't like a, in India, it wasn't men who were getting nose piercings, Mm -hmm. women. So yeah. Cause it's like a tradition to do like before you get married. Um, and kind of like what we talked about with the Ayurvedic link between like mm-hmm. the piercing the nostril and then like female reproductive organs. Um, and so I find it interesting that that was like able to be fetishized in this way of like, okay, and now it's this cool thing to do. And I mean, it, it reminds me of like the, um, how Protestants thought that like piercings in general were very like extravagant and like exotic it's just it's it just started being pushed then and then for like eurocentric culture which is based on christianity to have that same idea like, all these years later but like applying it to a different culture instead of applying it to like pagan religion within europe or something yeah i agree um but generally and you were talking about this a little bit before when we first started the episode but just Jumping into it, what do you associate piercings with? Just generally, like, how do you view them? Different piercings. What are your thoughts? I think if I see someone with piercings, I it de- it definitely depends on the piercings. Um, like people are more expressive. I think if people like have dangly earrings on and things like that, I'm like, oh, that person's very confident. And if they have like an eyebrow piercing, I'm like, oh, they're a little edgier. Like those are like the vibes that like we have been like taught basically to like think, I feel like when we see those types of things, but otherwise I don't really know if I associate a lot of things with piercings. Yeah, I agree. I think what I was thinking of was really generally just thinking about piercings and the further in number of piercings mm-hmm. and lo- in different locations that one may have piercings. I think I kind of associate that with rebellion mm-hmm. and like a lot of people that I know, I guess I'm just thinking about that because a lot of people that I know um, weren't allowed to get multiple piercings growing up. And so once they like left the house or they went to college or something like that, people that I know would say, okay, now I'm going to get, you know, a double piercing or I'm going to get my nose pierced or I'm going to get my cartilage or I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And so in my mind, it kind of ties into what, when piercings started becoming really popular in the sixties and seventies, it's because of this counterculture. I feel like in my mind, having a lot of piercings in different parts of your body is associated with rebellion and counterculture. And, and it makes sense because they were popularized in these subcultures Mm -hmm. of like BDSM communities and punk communities and things like that. So that's kind of where my head goes. And I think as a result, which ties into my next question a little bit is the association 
between maybe rebelliousness and piercings or body modification, we start to make assumptions about people and Mm -hmm. professionalism and things like that Mm -hmm. when it comes to different piercing levels. So my next question, just to dive right into it is like, why do people get piercings and what piercings are quote unquote acceptable and why? And I want to specifically talk about um, gender here and the ways that we understand the gender norms of different piercings. Yeah. I mean, in terms of why people get piercings, honestly, because they want to, and because they like, just feel like, I don't know, fits them, fits their personality as someone who doesn't wear a single piercing. I don't really know, but generally (laughs) um, my rare occasion, I put an earring in, but in terms of viewed, I think, I really think that earrings are the only piercings for women that are widely accepted. Like I think nose piercings maybe, but like not really. I don't think they're widely accepted. I really think earrings are the only ones um, that would be deemed like professional. And then for males, I don't think any piercings are accepted. I feel like when you see a male with the ear piercing or nose piercing, like there's always like a comment about that, that they would like have a piercing instead of just being like, okay, like women have piercings too, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I tying back to the first question of why do you, why do people get their ears pierced? I guess I was wondering or asking that because like you don't really wear earrings that often. Why did you choose to get your ears pierced? I think I got them done in like middle school because my mom like brought me to get them done. I don't even remember. I think, yeah, people can wait like as long as they want. It's just interesting because as someone, so I'm Indian as we know, and I, it's like traditional to get your ears pierced very, very young. Mm -hmm. I remember we took my baby, my baby sister, she's literally 17 now. (laughs) I took my little sister to get her ears pierced when she was like two, like she was so little. Because the idea is that you get it done and then they don't remember. So they yeah. just always have their ears pierced. Um, and also the idea is like the whole grows as you grow. Mm-hmm. As you Makes just sense. keep in these like gold earrings. Like we usually wear gold earrings or like real metal like earrings. Um, granted, all of you watch out for your earrings because sometimes if you pull on them too much, you can get what I call a baby gauge, which is what I have going on with my ear. Did I tell oh, you about no. this? No. Dude, I literally have a baby gauge. It's uh. like I, during quarantine or something, I had earrings and I would, I would wear hoops a lot and I would start pulling on mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. left hoop. And over time, it's just kind of stretched out. So now I have this little hole, but it's like bigger than a regular hole. Oh, no. I know. So it looks like a baby, baby gauge. So and I have to get it. You can get like surgery on your ears. I have for, to get surgery. Yes, I have to get it. I've seen it done on like YouTubers and such who like, if you wear like really heavy earrings too, and just like stretches out your holes, you can like get them surgically, like closed back up and you can eventually wear earrings again, but they advise like not too heavy. I will say like when I do wear earrings, like I really go for like the like lightest ones possible. I do not like the feeling of like it pulling on my ear. Like I don't even want to know they're there if I'm wearing them. Yeah. Um, and I don't, and, and like the good quality. Cause if it's like bad quality earrings, it like hurts my ears too much. That's usually why yeah. I don't wear them. They just end up being too much work and I don't have the money to buy like really nice earrings. So like in India, we'll buy gold, like mm-hmm. real gold earrings and then have like a and few those are of really them. nice. Yeah. Yeah. And they just are good for your ears. They don't like get infected and stuff. But. Yeah. Yeah. So, but watch out for baby gauge. Oof. That's a thing. Doesn't I'm going to have fun. to go get that fixed. And I'm sad about it. Aww. But anyway, um, but kind of tying into what piercings are acceptable and why, I think something that is interesting as I was doing my research, I was like, blah, 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 earrings. Who gets earrings? Why do you want to get earrings? And I came across this like uh, a Pinterest page. That was like 23 delicate and quote, oh, so pretty piercing ideas. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the heck is this? This is like the most gendered thing I've ever heard. I don't know. (laughs) In my mind, it felt gendered. And it was because then I went to the page and it was basically all these women with different earrings. And it was like 
all these pictures of different ears and like different earrings that you can have. Yeah. And I think it's just interesting to see like what you were saying that for men really having piercings is not super acceptable. And for women having like earrings or for men having piercings is not super acceptable, but having for women, like having earrings or a nose ring is slightly more acceptable. I think in my mind too, like a lot of Indian women, I know I, I would imagine, or at least I feel like if I were to get a nose ring, I would still feel like it'd be professional to wear because Mm -hmm. there's like a traditional tie with that. Yeah. Of like there, there is like tradition behind having a nose piercing, but I can understand why maybe someone of a different culture wouldn't feel comfortable in a professional setting, having a pierce, like a nose piercing. Right. That was something I was thinking about. And then the other thing I know you were saying like, okay, it's really not acceptable for men to have piercings. I hear that. And I think that's like definitely most true, but something that in my own life I've been noticing is that it's become, it's like more acceptable for a man to have like one ear pierced or like maybe Mm -hmm. both ears pierced, um, than it is for a woman to have a piercing that's not like an ear piercing or like a nose piercing. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. I could just feel like, I don't know if that's necessarily true. This is just conjecture, but I feel like people I know or, and celebrities, like a lot of celebrities, like male artists and actors, they're demonstrating more feminine, quote unquote, feminine traits and jewelry, like earrings. Like I can think of like three examples off the top of my head, like Justin Bieber, Mm -hmm. Bad Bunny. Harry Styles, like these people all have earrings and they're wearing them even though they're considered like more feminine and it's becoming more like normal to do that. Right. But I find it interesting that it's like, oh, a man wants to wear earrings. It's like more acceptable. Like a woman wants to like get her septum pierced and that's like too edgy. Yeah, exactly. It's like the socially constructed idea of what is okay and what is acceptable as a piercing. Um, but it's definitely tied, I feel like, to gender and just the ways that we understand like how it's acceptable to express yourself as a female identifying person versus mm-hmm. male and how the lines are being blurred there some in some ways, which is good in a way because it's like good. Gender is obviously not a binary, so it's like good to blur those lines, but it's also kind of hypocritical, I think, in some ways. Yeah, I think piercings are interesting and they have like very long history. They're very relevant. They're just not this like controversial thing. Like people don't push boundaries with piercings. It's either like you have this acceptable, quote unquote, acceptable number or you have too many. And then like now it's like unprofessional. You have to take out your piercings or you have to act a certain way. Yeah. It's just so like superficial, not real at all. Like there's like nothing true to it. It's like the argument about tattoos too. Like I saw a TikTok the other day that was like saying like, oh, medical schools are like, you can't have a tattoo because like you won't be respected by doctors. And TikTok was like doctors. And it was like doctors and scrubs like covered in tattoos because they're like, we don't actually care. The younger population of doctors at least. Yeah. I think that's the other thing too. like that. the population of patients that you're treating, that is super important because like, right. That also, I guess, brings up like, if I did have a lot of piercings, I think I personally wouldn't even wear them to clinic. Cause I want to like be as respected as, as I can be. Cause like as a woman going into a clinic too. Yeah. And I don't have piercings. So I guess I don't know, like if I would actually have the confidence to go in with it or not, but I feel like that's a factor too. Like, for example, like the tattoo I want, I definitely want to get it in a spot that like is easily hidden because I don't want to have to deal with not being like respected even more because of like that, even though like it's stupid. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that also ties into why belly button piercings are the number one piercings that women get after earlobe because they're so easily hidden. hidden. Like you 
But if you want to show them off, like if you're wearing a bikini or something, then you can. Right. Yeah. For but sure. they're always hidden and it's a non-issue yeah. most of the time. Like you don't even have to think about it. Or at what stage are you allowed to show these different parts of yourself and not hide them? Mm-hmm. I think is an interesting question. Cause I would want to tell myself, oh, as an attending physician as like the highest level of like physician I can be, I think I'd feel comfortable. But then in comparison to other attendings who maybe are male or like don't have piercings or don't have these things, maybe they would garner more respect. And then I would feel again, like I need to hide right. the piercings I have. So I don't know. And with who your patients are, like that's what made me think yeah. of it too. It's like the patient thing. Like I've heard from like upper people like in hospitals that like a lot of like the issues they've gotten, not like real issues, but like comments they've gotten about being a woman in medicine, like rarely come from the doctors and come from like elderly patients more. I thought that was like interesting. Yeah. I haven't experienced that yet, but I guess we'll have to come I back haven't either, but I've definitely heard. Uh, yeah. I'm going to start like taking notes on this stuff <laughs> next year when I'm in clinics so that I can bring it to the podcast and share it. Do it. And I will, I will. too when I get there. <laughs> um, so if you enjoyed that conversation and you want to hear more, you should subscribe to the podcast. We're available on all the podcasting apps. And you can also leave a rating and review, which I think you can do on multiple apps, but Apple Podcasts is our preferred place to receive reviews uh, just because it helps with podcast visibility. Yeah. And then you can also follow us on social media. We are at From Skirts to Scrubs on Instagram and Facebook. And we are um, at FSTS underscore podcast on Twitter. And then you can also check us out on our website, which is from scrubs.com for more information, as well as our show notes and our sources and all of our merch. Yeah. And as our podcast grows, we're interested in doing more collaborations and making bonus content for you all. So if you or someone you know is interested in working with us, feel free to shoot us an email or Insta DM us. We have gotten a few, which is really exciting. And yeah, we just like love connecting with you all. Yeah. And then lastly, here's to the women who have fought for us to be where we are today. And may we do the same for those who come after us. Yay! Bye, everyone. Bye.